Yeah, I don't care for this song either. But I care for what's happening. The people in Canada, the Freedom Convoy, whose leader, one of their leaders, has been tossed back in jail because she supposedly violated her uh, you know, parole, probably by thinking things. The Freedom Convoy people in Canada are supporting the Dutch farmers in the Netherlands, as are Italian farmers and German farmers, and it's acts of heroics. We're going to spend some time talking about modern-day heroes, but like I said, I don't like the song either. Isn't it fascinating to see our side, the side that actually wants freedom, using a song like that to confront the globalists who definitely want anything but our freedom? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. KnowYourRiskRadio.com is where you can pick up the radio show of my friends and brother, Zach Abraham, with Bulwark Capital Management. Zach is with us uh, every Friday. KnowYourRiskRadio.com. Let's agree to terms, shall we? That's one of the things that you do when you enter into a discussion. All contracts, decent contracts, agree to terms. This will mean that. The other thing will mean this. So let's start by agreeing to some terms. I'm going to talk about modern day heroes, some of them. Some of them are unquestionably heroic, and I don't think anyone who is a decent, I don't think anyone who can can read, for instance, would disagree with some of these people as heroic. But nothing I'm going to talk about here says flawless and, or godly. I haven't gone that far into this because there are people sometimes God uses, and they may not be godly people, but God uses them. And I think one of the biggest things that the Lord is doing right now is absolutely clearing scales from people's eyes. That, that comes, by the way, from when the Apostle Paul was Saul and had been blinded. And the Lord had blinded him after he showed um, himself to, the, the, the at that point, Saul, the Jew killer, I would say. Um, the, pardon me, the Christian killer. He was Jewish, but killing Christians, many of them converted from Judaism to Christianity. When he regained his sight, the Bible refers to literal scales coming off of his eyes. And that's where that comes from. So I think that the Lord, one of the biggest things he's doing is letting people see the actual evil that's afoot. And as I've said many times on the podcast, uh, creating a pass-fail test. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today, at least beginning, is some informational heroes. Heroes of the Information Wars. We've talked about some of them. Many of them we feature here. Peter McCullough. Uh, we've had Dr. Bregan on the program twice. He's absolutely a hero in the Information Wars. We've had Julie Kelly on. She's absolutely a hero in the Information Wars. And we'll have more people like that. You know, we have uh, Dr. Zelenka we talked about last week. 
Um, and we've had many of the people, the founders of the Great Barrington Declaration on the program. We've had Scott Atlas on. And those are heroes of the information wars. But again, not, not that they're unflawed people. So nothing I'm going to talk about today indicates that people are unflawed. And I also want to recognize this. In this audience, there's a whole bunch of heroes of this time. There's cops who quit their jobs rather than be injected. There's cops who walked away from the fallen city of Seattle absolutely recognizing that it's, it's unsavable. It's going to have to burn. I mean, God can do anything, but the people of Seattle, for the large part, don't like God. In fact, many of them hate him. So there's heroes like that. There are airline pilots who quit their jobs rather than take the injections. There's teachers who are refusing to teach critical race theory, the perverse pornographic sex ed. That stuff is heroic. There's people who've decided to leave their jobs to get into full-time ministry. Heroic. So sometimes there's heroes that are just unquestionably heroes. Uh, This is from The Blaze. Um, There's a young man named Corian Evans, 16 years old. He jumped into a river in Mississippi uh, to rescue three teenage girls after their car had sunk. He also came to the aid of a police officer who had jumped into the girls to help the girls, but uh, the, the, the cop himself had begun to struggle. And incidentally, near as I can tell from the videos, um, he is a, well, I can tell he is a black 16-year-old young man, a young man in full. I'm not so certain about the race of the people he saved, and that shouldn't matter. But of course, right now, everything is race. That's heroic. I don't think anyone could argue with that. He put his life at risk to go save these people. And no greater love has man than to lay down his life for his brother. And in that case, that young man could have been well, could well have been laying down his life. That's an act of heroism. And it deserves the praise. And there's a link to it. I encourage you to read it and, and send him a note. Then there are other sorts of heroes. Particularly in information wars, I said we'll get into. But let's also further define terms by talking about anti-heroes. And antiheroes sort of invented in movies. It was people who did good things despite being truly despicable people. So I don't even think antihero is the right, the right phrase. I would say enemies of, well, of the people. I would say enemies of, well, truth and light and justice. Joe Kent is a, uh, he's a retired special forces guy. He's running for Congress in the separate country of Washington State. I've not met Joe. Um, He tweeted out, this week, the Department of Defense took punitive action against a retired army officer, retired army officer, for replying to a Jill Biden tweet, but is silent when an active service member uses her uniform to make a political statement because she's regurgitating approved regime talking points. And indeed, I'll play her statement for you here in a second. She's clever. And what she does is she starts her TikTok video in uniform saying, I have thoughts, I have thoughts, and then switches to out of uniform. So she can probably with the uniform code say, hey, I'm not using my uniform. I can say whatever I want to say. They're not going to take punitive action against her. 
So the enemy here is both the Department of Defense for parroting and pimping and enforcing the uh, the talking points of the people who run Joe Biden. That is evil. It's not the Department of Defense's job. Now, if they're doing it across the board and that's the rule and you join the military and that's the rule, well, then that's the rule. But that's not what they're doing. It's selective. Here is this comment from this young woman who is, in my judgment, in the information wars, not not an enemy, but an absolute victim. I have thoughts. I have thoughts and I have questions. And it happened. It happened. I woke up from a nap to this. On deployment, I woke up from a nap to this news. America is waking up to this news. I just extended my contract to continue serving this country a week ago. How am I supposed to swear to support and defend the Constitution and a country that treats its women like second class citizens? So in all likelihood, she is deployed somewhere, what, in the Middle East? Secondly, America's uh, abortion laws are far less restrictive than most countries. Where we had been at, uh, we would join China and North Korea in that openness, even with the change with Roe versus Wade. Not much has changed because there's still states that are going to you know, allow this. She either doesn't know this or doesn't care. So is she enemy or victim? How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that with pride? How am I supposed to do that with love and honor? How am I supposed to wake up every day and put on a freaking uniform that says United States Army when the United States doesn't even give a rat's ass about me? Well, when you signed up, you knew that there's a political process. You knew that you're going to work for a political person. You knew that the commander in chief would change. You knew that. You signed up knowing that political wins can change, so you do it by continuing to do it. Or you do the honorable thing, which would make you heroic. In fact, in my mind, as you say, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pay the cost. I said I would serve the United States Army, but I refuse because my, my values are far more important. And you know what? I'd stand by you. You'd spend prison time, likely. You'd get dishonorably discharged, maybe worse, but at least I could stand by you. It gives more of a rat's ass about the guns they're allowed to buy that kill the children that I'm forced to give birth to. Think about that. Yes, let's do. Uh, under what circumstances are you forced to give birth? And under what circumstances are children buying guns legally? Now, if you are, in fact, God forbid, raped... That's a conversation between you and God in my mind. I'm just not wise enough to make that decision. I'm plenty wise enough, and so is everyone else, to say children aren't buying guns. Is this woman an enemy or a victim in the information battles? We'll get to the heroes of the information wars. Oh, that's so funny. This effect on female service women is an unintended consequence. Okay, let's stop there. On you, this effect on you. Because other female service women are going to feel differently than you. Not that you're able to imagine that. 
which means that lawmakers and um, Supreme Court justices probably weren't thinking about this when they wrote their 213 some odd page report on it, right? They probably were not thinking about this consequence, but it is one. And it affects the very people that those lawmakers hold to a higher standard because they support the troops. Do you really though? You really support the troops, even though this is going to greatly lessen the retention of women in the ranks of this military? Okay, let's stop for a second. How many servicemen just had their salaries dropped? It's about 60,000. 60,000 men and women serving the military just had their salaries cut, reduced by the figurehead. Why? Bodily autonomy. They chose to stand up and say, I won't do it. And they're paying a huge penalty. You were standing up to whine. You're stating right here out front that you're not loyal to the country unless it suits your needs. Now, she's going to come in the end and say she's going to continue to serve with honor and pride. But is she really? How about the servicemen who've been killed and women who've been killed by the injections? And don't tell me they haven't been because I have friends who watched them die. We'll get to the hero part. You support the troops, even though you are going to ruin some women's careers? No, they're not going to ruin some women's careers. Some women are going to ruin their own careers. Amazing. I'm deployed right now. And I am a medic, so I know how this works of like, I have an extremely limited access to birth control. No, you don't. You have extremely huge access to not having sex. Unless, as I say, God forbid you're raped, which is an excruciatingly small number of cases of abortion. Excruciatingly small. Thank God. You have 100% access to no. You have 100% access to I'm deployed. Maybe now is not the right time to be sleeping around. And so do the men. Women in the military are more likely to experience unplanned pregnancies. Does that cause us to question the wisdom of having men and women serve together? Anyone? Young men and women serving together, deployed away from their families with nothing else to do. It's almost like God had a plan for let's not do that. Women in the military are more likely to experience sexual assault. Where I'm at right now, you can't even get an ultrasound without traveling off base. But you can say no. You can't. It happened. It happened, ladies and gentlemen. And I signed that contract, so I will serve my country. But you bet your ass you're going to hear my voice because I will not stop, I will not rest, and I will not be silent because this is not an attack on reproductive rights. It is an attack on women in this country, 100%. So where there's heroic men and women who said, I will not take the injections, I will take the consequences, and they've had their salaries cut by the figurehead. I think the number is 60,000. The Epic Times reports this. You've had other people washed out of their careers, sent packing. Even elite special forces sent packing. They refused to do it. Cops. Those are heroes. That's whining. Whining about a decision that you knew could come. Anyone who understands the American political process knew that the commander-in-chief would eventually change. 
Now, we didn't know that it would be a complete figurehead, as we'll talk about in hour two, and that is an exploration of who exactly is Joe Biden, which is a weird question to be asking at this time. But let's contrast and compare. That's her position, this young woman whose name we don't have, although we could figure it out. Let's contrast her to one of the, as I'm told by people who follow the game, perhaps, maybe, the greatest tennis player in history who is refusing to take the injections even though it's having an incredible effect on his career. And it may well change his place in sports history, in tennis history. His name is Novak Dvozic. And you remember that during the height of the so-called pandemic, which wasn't, except they changed the rules so anything can be a pandemic. It doesn't have to involve mass death at all. World Health Organization neatly changed that. He had an opportunity to go play tennis in Australia at what was it, one of the big open tournaments. He couldn't play. They let him into the country, but you know what he was actually charged with? You know what he was, it wasn't that he was not getting the injection. You know what they actually charged him with was, was actually causing dissent. They, they charged him with being a bad influence. Well, this is heroic because he's paying the cost. That young woman doesn't want to pay the cost. She wants to whine. She wants the paycheck and to whine. This guy's throwing out paychecks and more as he chooses to stand up in the information wars. Consequences of my decision was not going to Australia and I was prepared not to go. And I understand that not being vaccinated today I, you know, I'm unable to travel to most of the tournaments at the moment. And, and that's the price you're willing to pay? I, that, that is the price that I'm willing to pay. Ultimately, are you prepared to forego the chance to be the greatest player that ever picked up a racket, statistically, because you feel so strongly about this jab? Yes. I do. But as things stand, if this means that you miss the French Open, is that a price you'd be willing to pay? Yes, that is the price that I'm willing to pay. And if it means that you miss Wimbledon this year, again, that's a price you're willing to pay? Yes. Why, Novak? Why? Why? Do you... Because the principles of uh, decision-making on my body uh, are more important than any title or anything else. Consequences. And in fact, there's also this. There's not a chance he can benefit from the injections. Not a chance. Given his physical health, given how his body works and his cardiovascular system, there's only risk. There's only downside. He doesn't say that. Maybe he doesn't know that. Maybe he doesn't believe that. But he has taken the L. He shouldn't have had to take the L. It's brutal and perverted that they're doing this to him, but he has taken the L. It's a real cost. And the next gentleman is not particularly taking an L. I want to be clear on that. Sometimes being a participant in the information wars is relatively cost-free. In fact, it can be advantageous. And still, still, he deserves our thanks for choosing to speak up. I don't think this guy's paying the cost. This is what I'm saying. I think this is probably good for him. But God uses people in a lot of different ways. 
Last night, I got to check in with my loved one who started the SOTA weight loss program, SOTAweightloss.com. And I hope this means something to you. It means something to me. Um, you know, the podcasts I listen to, the radio shows I listen to. Uh, see, I want to be super careful here. I want to be really, really careful here. Uh, because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk out of school. There are times where I listen to promotions from hosts for companies and products where I'm listening to that going, I don't believe you use that. And I don't believe, <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm thinking of two things in particular and they're both kind of funny to me, but I don't want to, I don't want to bear false witness. I, I don't. So I hope it's meaningful to you that when my dear, dear loved one, a close relative, asked me about dropping unwanted fat from her body, I didn't even think about anybody but soda weight loss. And because she's not, well, I hate to say this, she's not a conservative by a long shot, nor is she an insane progressive. She's a good old fashioned Democrat. There are still some. I didn't want, I didn't want, I didn't want, I didn't want her to feel like she's doing it for the cast you know, because we've got this business relationship with soda weight loss. They, they pay us to introduce you to them. So I said, don't tell them that's, you know, it's, it's me. Well, she did. And they said, oh my gosh, you're Todd's, you know, relative. That's so cool. Now, I don't know if that puts any pressure on them. I feel like it puts pressure on me, except for this. I'm so confident. I've seen my wife on the program. I've seen my friends. I've seen people I've gotten to know who've since moved to the freer America from Seattle. There's two, four, six people. There are three couples who are using soda weight loss. I've heard from them. I've heard from you. I've gotten countless emails from people. I don't think we've made a, a I think we've made a great decision to work together. These are science-based people, and by that I mean the scientific process. They created a thesis. Here's how to help people drop unwanted fat. They tested it, it worked. Secondary thesis, help them keep it off. They've tracked that, it works. Nearly 7,000 Google reviews, average 4.8 stars, proves it works. They're healthcare providers by background. That's why it works. And I'm living proof. My wife continued success in soda weight loss. It's soda, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. Like I said, I don't think this guy's necessarily paying a big, big price for this. And you could look at it as a bit of a throwaway line, except I believe there's something far bigger that the Lord is doing with instances like this, using broken vessels like this. I don't pretend to know anything about this guy's background. I have to look up who he is. His name is Israel Adesanya. So he is a UFC fighter, martial artist, and his Twitter profile comes out and says, he says, he, he says what he thinks are cool and outrageous things. So apparently this is on brand for him, but there's a greater purpose for something like this in my mind. Galen Maxwell just got put away for 20 years. So she was supplying kids for all these pedos, right? Where's the list? Yeah. Is it is it, as that just gets like, I don't know. It's kind of weird that that got no coverage, but Johnny Depp and Amber was everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And I'm like, so the list of, you know, politicians and actresses and actors or whatever that they talked about, does that get swept under the rug? Do they not get any time for actually f***ing those kids? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, that's weird. So the greater purpose is perhaps this. 
that there's now a generation of, of young people who follow UFC who are saying, Ghislaine, what? Epstein who? And they're beginning to look into this. And they're beginning to realize that there is absolutely a ruling class and that that ruling class has, like so many ruling classes, has deep, deep illnesses of the mental variety. And Epstein was filled with mental illness and, and megalomania and probably a psychopath, almost certainly a psychopath or a sociopath. And he ran in the circles of sociopaths and psychopaths who are forcing themselves upon us. You know, with regard to the woman, the enemy, not the enemy, but the victim of the enemies that we heard from with her, her lack of thought around this issue of Roe versus Wade and her role in the military. You think about the forcing of, of themselves on us. The fact that Jeff Epstein wanted to force replicates of his DNA into the world in mass to recede the world. And the big story and it is a big story, is that he paid to rape young women and ran sex trafficking. That's a huge story. We should have the list, but we should also have the list of who were the donors who joined Jeff Epstein in his lab in Arizona to reseed the world with Jeff Epstein's genes. Dear God in heaven, that's a massive story. What exactly were the eugenicist plans that Jeff Epstein had? And was that why Gates was there? Gates says he was raising money. He, Jeff Epstein is a blip in money or was in terms, you know, in comparison to what Bill Gates has on his own. So one of the aspects of heroism here is speaking things that are not to be spoken because it can cause people to lean in a bit and go, yeah, why is that? And, and, and on the topic of Epstein, I can remember working in Seattle media and it was verboten. People said, you actually, you, you know, he committed suicide, right? You absolutely know this, don't you? And I finally had to say, no, no, and no, nor do you. One of the most surprising and wonderful times of my life, the one I did the partner show, the, the much, much wanted and much beloved Candy Mike and Todd show, Candy actually agreed with me. She actually laughed. When Mike said, there's no sign that, that there was a, a murder her. She, she, and it wasn't a fake radio laugh, which was also fun to see. It was an actual, genuine, big time laugh. She was shocked. Like, you're that smart. You think that this is, you think this was a suicide? This is another thing that can cause people to lean into these moments because I think it's far greater. For instance, this. You think people would team up to kill a guy in prison. Youth and, and, and get away with that? Get away with what? What exactly did they get away with? The cameras were off. Oh, wow, look at that. They, the, the cameras malfunctioned. He was supposed to be on observation, but the, but the guards were asleep. Oh, wow. They, didn't, they were asleep, and, and then he was taken off suicide watch. And Oh, wow, why is that? And then the guards face disciplinary action and then they're going to testify and then they don't testify and then he's gone. But there's the list. There's the list. We've got the list. So it gives people an opportunity to have conversations like, wait a minute, you think that a political movement that will kill 60 million babies on an industrial scale couldn't arrange to have a dude whacked? You think that a party that isn't freaked out that a psychopathic megalomaniac, Bill Gates, wants to create a self-replicating genetic code 
a, a code rewrite for our DNA that he's going to spread against our will. This is this is this is James Bond level uh, evil. And you think a party that's okay with that wouldn't be okay whacking a guy, Jeff Epstein? You think a party that is shoving poison mRNA injections, it's not not strictly speaking poison. It kills people. It maims people. It is ineffective. It's inert. It's not a vaccine. It's not technically poison. Okay, it's not technically poison. For some people, it sure as heck acts like poison. They want to shove this into the kids, in, into the veins of kids. And we've already seen, it, we've seen more deaths from the injection in kids than we have from healthy kids dying from the COVID. You think people willing to do that aren't willing to whack a child rapist in prison? You think that's hard to get done for them? You think people who are willing to steal the farmland of Dutch farmers on a pretend ESG score and a fictionalized nitrogen catastrophe aren't willing to whack a dude in prison and couldn't get that done? You think that an organization, Gates, in the World Economic Forum, that succeeded in purchasing the healthcare coverage of major media along with Big Pharma, they purchased it. Bill Gates bought the position as vaccines are. He purchased it. You don't think people like that could could equally purchase a murder? With all the signs that go around the Jeff Epstein thing? Now, you want to act of heroics? I got a suggestion. I have a suggestion. President Trump knew Jeff Epstein and to President Trump's great credit, uh, he, he met with Epstein, I think once and came away and said, that dude's a freak. And banned him from Mar-a-Lago. You want an act of heroics? Let's be heroic in the information realm. Let's give Bill Gates an opportunity to be a hero. And everyone else who was ever on the flight manifest, that we have. We've got the um, Lolita Island, I prefer to call it Child Rape Island. We've got Child Rape Islands, flight manifests. And we can give everybody on that flight manifest, everybody whose name appears there, an opportunity to be heroes in the information sense. President Trump could start the ball rolling. William Jefferson Blythe Clinton III, who's probably a rapist, could also get the ball rolling. He was... (laughs) He was at... He was at Child Rape Island countless times. Hung out with Epstein is pictured with one of the young women who was who people paid to rape. So he could do that. Likewise, with um, as I talked about last with uh, with with soda weight loss. Likewise, bulwark capital management. Uh, I have a a friend of mine who is a little bit older than me, not much, and got to know her uh, through church. And she sent me a note and said, hey, you know, I have a retirement portfolio 
it's not huge, but it's what I'm living on. Do you think I should reach out to, to Zach Abraham at Bower Capital Management? She listens to the podcast. Thank her for that. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And I even said, hey, look, we're friends. You want me to introduce you to Zach? She said, no, no, I'll just call. It's just like everyone else. See, I'm not, this isn't about me. Well, God forbid it be about me. I, I'm hoping it's not about me. What I'm really trying to communicate to you here is that I will tell you the same thing in private. If you and I were sitting on an airplane together and you said to me, hey, you know what? Where, where's your money? I'd say, you know, I work with Zach Abraham at Boer Capital Management. I would tell you that. Why? I'd tell you the same thing. Well, because he's a truth teller. Because in my experience, truth telling is, is, is somewhat rare. Um, and because he's willing to call out our financial system as rigged, that's very important to me because if you can't see it's rigged, then there's a lot of things that you can't see. And I don't want to work with a financial guy, you know, stewarding my money if he actually can't see the system is rigged or is afraid to admit the system's rigged. That's not the person I want to work with. Neither of those is good. If your financial person is saying, ah, the system's not rigged, well, wait, I mean, really ask yourself, wait, they can't see that? They can't see the rigging? Or are they afraid to say it? Therefore, afraid to tell me the truth saying, yeah, it's rigged. But again, like the young lady in the military, it's not about whining. It's about Zach saying, yeah, it's rigged. And here's how we work within it. This is how we're successful at stewarding people's money within a rigged system. First thing is to step back from the, the grand old 60-40 stock bond mix that simply doesn't work in today's inflationary environment. Zach's been consistent on this for a decade at Bulwark Capital Management. So here's the sweet spot, or maybe not sweet. If you're five to 10 years out from retirement, it's all about risk management. And conveniently, so is Bulwark Capital Management. It's all about risk management. Get a portfolio review. Find out where you sit. You may well become a client to Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or you can go to knowyourriskradio.com. You can sign up there, get a portfolio review, become a client. Also, that's where you get the radio show, knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management and Investment Advisor Representative, Chuck Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Everyone who's ever been, everyone who has ever flown on an airplane with Jeff Epstein and appeared on the flight manifest, anyone who's ever been pictured in a photograph with one of the young women or girls who was being sold by Jeff Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell has an opportunity to simply say, release the diary. Release the records. We want them released. We want to know who's in the client book, so-called client book of Ghislaine Maxwell. We demand its release. Will they do that? Who amongst them would not? This would be a great project for conservative media to get in in full. But then, then you'd be walking that line. There's a cost, guys. There's a cost even in the conservative media world. 
of stepping out certain outside certain lines. There's a saying in talk radio. Ready for the saying? It is right left limits. Right left boundaries. This is how far you're willing to go or you are able to go on talk radio and how far you're not able to go. Now, I want to be super clear because I always am. I have absolutely no, or always want to be when talking about this stuff. I have no disparaging comments about my former employer. None. I'm talking about an industry. I'm talking about the reality that progressive insurance and Visa and Bank of America and Citibank and Pharma have a huge influence because they'll just come flat out and say, hey, it's a no buy. They'll come flat out against new shows and say it's a no-buy. And let's remember something. The greatest talk show host in history, Rush Limbaugh, God rest him, he didn't make his bank on progressive insurance and big names like that. He made his bank on smart sales, funding regional companies who were smaller and taking them national as the show grew and staying loyal to them. Snapple was in three states when they found Rush. Maybe even one but no more than three when they hooked up with Rush Limbaugh. He built that company. But in the no risk to little risk environment, if no, 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 no. Let's do the R versus D thing. Let's do Republican versus Democrat. Let's spend our day talking Republican good, Democrat bad. That's okay. But there's some lines you don't cross. You don't question the Epstein thing. You don't spend a lot of time on who's in the diary. You don't advocate for having everybody on the flight manifest be forced to answer the question, do you want this stuff released or not? But that's a project. Bill Gates could step up to that. (laughs) It'd be funny to ask him. Hey, Bill, you want the client book for Jeff Epstein released, the, uh, the sex trafficking client book? Hey, Bill, will you give some money to this? Hey, Bill... How about if the Gates Foundation get behind an anti-sex trafficking initiative and all we're going to ask for is a billion bucks and all we're going to do with that billion bucks is we're going to sue in every possible capacity and put legal pressure on the judges and the authorities who are holding back on that diary to release that diary. How about that? No, 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 no. We'd far better just follow around Supreme Court justices in Washington, D.C. The heroes in... The Netherlands are receiving support in Canada. This is so important. Because of the media blackout or the relative media blackout, because of the propaganda of silence or relatively so, there's some pockets of coverage, to be fair. The Washington Post covered the the Dutch farmer protest and went out of their way to say it's about emissions. It's not about missions. It's about stealing land, as we talked about yesterday. The Dutch prime minister, incidentally, this is from CBC News, has declared a state of emergency and claims that the farm protests are being orchestrated by a Canadian militia group known as the Diagalon. <laughs> it's another made up. You know, yeah, this is all. There's a Canadian militia that's that somehow caused farmers in the Netherlands to, you know, to get so spun up about this that a bunch of them uh, committed suicide. May God accept their souls. Yeah, it's a Canadian militia group. 
It's so vital that the heroics of the Dutch farmers be met with this form of applause, even if it's a silly song. This is from Canada. It's Toronto. It's the people of the Freedom Convoy celebrating the bravery of the farmers in the Netherlands in standing up against Justin Trudeau, who's, yeah, I said that. No, I know he's not the prime minister. Mark Root's the prime minister of the Netherlands. But Trudeau and Root are of one club, as we talked about yesterday, the Klaus Schwab Club. I'm sorry, I just, I have 80s flashbacks. I have 80s flashbacks when I hear that. (laughs) Of course, you have to have a a truck uh, honking in the background. It is amazing when we really think about the reality that the party tries so hard to hide from us. And particularly as we think about how the party tries to cast some of us in roles they want us to play. This is a song that to this day gets me. And the longer I live in Idaho, the more it gets me. There's a difference, and maybe you've noticed this from where you live and in different parts of the country. To, to me, there's a major, major difference in men in different parts of the country. And maybe it's because I spent a lot of time on the West Coast in the separate country of Seattle. And look, I'll be, obviously, I want to be very, very clear. I was just talking with a friend of mine this morning. He's a former cop from Seattle. He's as manly as they get. And I think of my friend, Kevin, the cop, a a full-on, very, very manly dude. And those people exist. I'm not saying that they don't. And there's areas outside of San Francisco. There's areas in Northern California. There's areas, there's areas of Southern California. Not, not necessarily Los Angeles. Uh, but where there are what C.S. Lewis may have called men with chests. Because he used to speak from time to time about men without chests. And C.S. Lewis would regard what we might call a soy boy as men without chest. It's not just about the size of the body. It's about being able to stick your chest out and stand with pride. I was in church, well, it was this past Sunday. And I saw a couple of guys who are broken. A physically, physically busted up man. And they limp in the church. And they don't have, these guys are not using canes or anything like that. They're not that much older than me. But I see their arms and they're they're just weather beaten. And it's the sort of tan that never leaves you. It's a working man's tan. It never leaves you. And I see their hands and I can look at their hands and I shake hands with them. And you ever shake hands with a man who spent his life on, on the logging lines? Or like on a fishing line? working as a crabber, the, the way they can grab you. It's like a vice. But I see these guys limp in and, and, and I know that because I've talked to them, what they did for livings, and both of them are loggers. 
They're huge. Right? One gentleman's in his 70s and he's a mountain. And he's got what I would call man tattoos. And I don't want to like, get into the tattoo war things. There's a whole bunch of people in the CrossFit community who've got a whole bunch of tattoos. I don't choose to get them. But to me, there's just this difference somehow. And again, please don't take offense. There's a difference between a hipster tattoo in my mind and a tattoo a guy's had for 30 years that he got or 40, 50 years that he got in the military and it's weathered. And it's, it's no longer sharp looking. And you can see that it's changed with the, the, the shape of his arms that have changed. But both these guys are massive men. And I see them come into church every Sunday and they worship God. And today, this morning, I looked at one of them, just glanced up. He sits up above me to my right. I looked up in the stands and he had his hand in the air. And he was just feeling Jesus. And this massive, massive oak tree of an arm waving in the air. And it always gets me to remember this song. Um, it's a song by Trace Atkins. Now, I've never seen Trace sing live. I don't know if he is tone shifted or not. Um, if he's not, what an extraordinary voice to sing in this register. And either writing or picking songs, because a lot of country artists rely on other songwriters, but the ability to pick songs like this, there's a lot of his songs that get me. I can't listen to Arlington. I, I can't. I mean, no, I can in the car if I'm on a road trip, but man, if that song comes up during the gym, during a workout, I'm toast. If I'm running, like if I'm on a running workout or rowing and that song comes up, it's over. <sighs> I have to dismount or stop or change the song. I can't listen to it without tears. This is a song called American Man. And, and there's so much to this song, it's almost silly to do a song review. Other than to say, I can hear the Allman Brothers and the sending guitar parts. And the entire environment to this. And Trace Atkins' voice, like I say, if it's not tone shifted, one of the most remarkable voices in country music. Only Johnny Cash sang this well in this register. Pick up wedge between the dash and the windshield. Wore out spot where his hand lays on the wheel. Fourteen years of back and forth, of work and church and honeydews. He's a hard hat, hammer swinging, won't hear him. Why kick some butt, wrap it up, crack a beer, high five. God fear and son of pride and strength. That's exactly what he's turned into. He'll fight to for his family Give the shirt right off his back For a friend in need So let's all raise a glass To the guy who never asked Any praise for a job well done All the blood, sweat, and tears Standing tall, no fear He's the backbone of this land It's a long overdue I want you to know that it's not once a day or twice a day or three times a day. It is many, many times a week that I look at you guys and I look at the physical labor and I look at what you do and what you've built. 
And there's not a day that goes by that I don't thank God for you. I'll tell you something, when this stuff starts to fall apart, <laughs> that bumper strip I love, everybody hates a redneck till their car breaks down. Guys, your time is coming. I mean, it's always been here. You've built this land for us. You built it and you sustain it because you know how to build and how to create. It's the closest thing we do to God. It's to build and create. So if you're holding the hand right now of a working man or they're your hands, I want you to know I don't overlook your heroism. The heroics. And I know, I know, I know you don't see it that way and that makes us love you more. I know there's fisher, fishermen in Alaska listen to this. And that dangerous job, it's glorified in TV shows these days. What is it, those dangerous catch? It just drives me nuts to go to the separate countries of Seattle and other areas. And they'll sit and eat what you provide as they sneer at how you provide it. Your time is coming. It's always been here, but your time is coming. The Dutch farmers, your time is here. I pray for nonviolence. I pray the Lord will deliver us from this. But one thing I know, I know with the help of the Lord, with humility, with taking the knee to him, as Trace Atkins just described, we're not a copy of the good book in the dashboard. I know that when we need you, you'll be there. And you know what? I think we need you. I think we need you now more than ever. This is the Todd Herman Show. Send people to the ToddHermanShow.com or you can use the share button on your podcast app if you think people need to hear God at the center, politics at the edges. That's what we try to do here. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind. And remember that the son of God himself was the earthly son of a carpenter.